Coxie's having a yarn Cause he's got nothing better to do Coxie's having a yarn And one day he might have one with you Hello and welcome to the untitled as yet Goxie podcast. Um, maybe that'll be the name, Goxie podcast. But yeah, um, I've I've have seen there's an opening in the market uh, for the. <laughs> there's not many podcasts around, so I thought I'd get in. But yeah, uh, this is the pilot episode, so it's going to be a bit rusty. But uh, bear with us, as you are being a part of history. You know, it's like when you watch. Um, First, like Breaking Bad or whatever you like, you know, it doesn't quite become what it, what you know it as, but it's you can still see signs it's going to become something. But yes, I'm here with uh, my great mate uh, Branko Kosick. Welcome, Branko. Good morning. Uh, I mean, good day. Yes. Hello. Hey, first of all, did I pronounce the surname? <laughs> it's one of those like I always see it in written form. Like <laughs> it's so uh, in in let, let's say let's see in in Australia. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just Branko Kosick. That's yeah. totally fine. Um, but in the motherland, <laughs> oh, it is Branko Chosic. Oh, here we go! Hell yeah! That that is it in the mother tongue. This is the uh, and and with the World Cup on the moment, we're getting the SBS like Craig Foster. <laughs> and I love the pronunciation. But, uh, um, I'd like to I like to think that yeah. the um, the spirit of Les Murray still yeah. lives through me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great because um, I also have have some uh, ancestral roots to that region of the world. Uh, as yes. you might know, it's Gox is not a. A Smith or a Jones type name. So I grew up with, you know, I got. I, I feel like things have changed a lot. There's, there's not that people don't play around with it as much these days. But in the early days of school, I'd get like jocks, chicken pox, uh, <laughs> all the all the rhymes, you know. But but yours is similar too because it's, it's short as well. So it's like it's not. You don't have to put up with like if you're like Polish with all the Z's and the Y's yeah. and the K's. And although, <laughs> although when you have to talk to somebody on the phone and spell out your last name, yeah. S's always sound like F's yeah. on the name. And well, do you do the like S for Steve? Yeah, yeah, yeah. S for oh, Sam. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have to decide. I have to choose some words that I use because I'm all over the place. Like sometimes I'll be G for green or Gary <laughs> or O for orange, yeah. G, well, I, I've had to try to learn the phonetic alphabet as it is, Alpha, Bravo, <laughs> Charlie, Delta, all that kind of stuff. So G is for golf, Yeah, if you didn't know that. Well, actually, I um, I worked in a, a warehouse for a few years of a supermarket. I can't say who, but let's just say they're the fresh food people. But, um, <laughs> yeah, all right, it was Aldi. But, um, <laughs> no, but yeah, so the, the aisles you'd go up and down did have that system. Yes. Of the Alpha Bravo. Yes. And, and there was also the Bloodhound Gang song, you know. The, yes. Um, <laughs> I felt like a lot of us uh, knew how to spell um, Foxtrot. Uniform. U- uniform Charlie Kilo. <laughs> yeah. Um, where is Gox from? So um, my grandfather was, so my dad's dad was born in Latvia, yeah. I'm pretty sure, which yeah. is one of those, you know, like Soviet Union split up into all of Kazakhstan. And all of, Yeah, so... There's a little bit mysterious, or when I say mysterious, I haven't bothered to look into much. I probably could, but the family history. But um, with the wars and that, there's a lot of movement around um, running from Nazis because my dad's side is Jewish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't worry, I'm not. I, I've eaten heaps of bacon. But, uh, <laughs> but um, oh, dad actually, dad actually eats a lot of ham too. He's not a very strong. He's, he's got two brothers who are more strong practising Jews, but he's... Uh, 
Gave it up for the ham. But, um, <laughs> and they were born over there or they were born yeah, over here? Um, so that's why I said a lot of movement. So my dad's – my mum's side is just normal sort of boring English. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry if I've offended any uh, Anglo-English. But, you know, we, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I shouldn't say boring but just like it's not as – it feels like Europe is like, yeah, we had to flee, blah, blah, blah. And then England's like, yeah, we moved from London to Birmingham because it was jobs or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, but – I shouldn't. Um, anyway, you know what I'm talking about. But um, yeah. So dad's side, uh, granddad Latvia, and then um, my grandma was actually. Again, it's hard because of the changing of the countries, but yeah. it's a similar area to Croatia. So um, Yugoslavia, I think it was back then. But uh, yeah, and then um, quite a quite a lot of the aunts and that too have um, aunts and uncles like Czech Republic and yeah. which was Czechoslovakia back then. So it is hard to trace when there is like the countries are changing their names and and borders and things. But um, yeah, a lot of Eastern Europe. So we got that, um, that connection. Similar blood, well, brother. I was, was going to say, have you ever looked into, like when you were growing up, did you ever look in the white pages to see if there was other goxes in the well, white pages? No, I, I know that we are we are the only family in Australia, and also uh-huh. it is a super rare as well name. Um, apparently, there's um, there's an I got tracked down by someone. Um, they're in Argentina. Wow, yeah. And um, but the name does have um, so it was like anglicized, like like you said, yeah. um, with Cossack. So. Um, I believe before arriving in Australia was like um, G O T Z. Oh yeah, and it had the like motorhead dots. <laughs> <laughs> the I call them yeah, I yeah. call them the motorhead dots. But you know, <laughs> above the one of the letters, probably the O. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so it's that Germanized like gots, I guess. But yeah, so, wow. Yeah, it's um, but I, I've like it gradually embraced it more. It is. I, I, I'm not trying to say like oh, I had a tough upbringing or anything, but yeah. you do. You do at times back then wish you were like more of a Smith or a Jones and like Mate, I, I have I have these arguments. Uh, <laughs> I, I had them when I was a child. So yeah, I used to look at the white page pages. Other Cossacks in like in Brisbane and Gold Coast. Never met them in my life. No <laughs> no um you know relation to them. But yeah, growing up, um see I was originally supposed to be called Nathan. Oh I'm the eldest, I'm the first kid in my family. And um mum really wanted to call me Nathan. Uh, but turns out my grandparents just couldn't pronounce it. They kept calling it Nathan. And my well, that, that's where you could have been brought in the short, like Nate, Nat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I uh, I think my parents were just like, you know what, for the sake of the grandparents, let's just give them the big woggy name and yeah. you have to deal with it in, in, in later life. So they called me Branko. I, I don't know if you can be a white Nate either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> – um, AFL player, um, and he goes by Nat, Nat Five. So, like, it's amazing that he put an E there and it's like, nah, it doesn't work. Is man. Nat Five Nathan Five though? He, yeah, he is a Nathan. Nathan is a real. I actually never thought of him as a Nathan. Yeah. But I, I never I never really looked too deep into why he called himself Nat either. Yeah, well, Nat's not good either. So. Mm, Nat, <laughs> Natalie. See, I can't do, you can't do anything with Aaron. You can't be Ron. Well, well, oh, that's well. not true. I used to get Azza when I was younger. But. Oh, as is the, the natural nickname for Aaron, <laughs> I, I believe. But, yeah, no one's going to walk down the street and just call you like AA or ah. <laughs> ah, yeah, but like, well, it's funny you say that because my cousins in Melbourne yeah. have a little bit of a weird accent. I don't know if it's a Jewish accent, but they, a few of them say, call me Aaron, like R, oh, really heavy on the, Okay. And... 
um, talking about the difference with the, the two sides. So whenever I'd go, we'd always go throughout my life, like once a year down in Melbourne. And it wasn't massive cultural differences, but like they would say Oma and Opa for grandma and grandpa. Yes, yeah. And I'd say grandma but, but, and grandpa. Baba yeah. and Dedor for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then obviously like the Easter's and the Christmases they didn't have. There was like Passover, Hanukkah and it was like, um, so some people actually said to me like, I could, Delve into it for my comedy, but I can't be bothered. But I, <laughs> I have had like a uh, t- take a photo with the yamaka hat, you know. Oh and, wow! And looks good with the mullet, you know. Is that, like <laughs> Australia and Judaism coming together. I'm, I'm sure, like you know, John Safran's covered it a lot, and <laughs> yes, it's definitely um, a covered topic. But it's interesting. But I, 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 f- I feel like I'd, um, I, I'm only half joking that I'm too lazy because I feel like with that stuff you do have to like. Tread carefully as well, and mm, yeah, I yeah. wouldn't want to like be insulting to anything. And yeah, so I just leave it. <laughs> no, well, that's cool because I mean, um, yeah, I'm sure some, like people with your sort of background, whatever goxes there are in the world, are, are probably somewhat familiar with you. I've got a lot of family um, still over in Serbia and Macedonia. So dad, dad's side of the family is uh, Serbian. They grew up near the Romanian border, and mum's side of the family is Macedonian, and um, still tons of family over there. And, um, you know, the last time I went over there was uh, 2006, 15 oh, wow. years ago, a long time ago. And you kind of like feel like a local celebrity. I, I kind of feel because obviously like, you know, both my parents were, were born over there but they came over here as kids on the ships when they were trying to populate the country, like when Australia were reaching out to mm. lots of Eastern Europe and, you know, uh, enticing people to Let's just clarify, everyone was asked to do this. You made it sound like we need you guys to come over here and have hundreds of babies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody was, yeah, we were populating Australia back in the 60s. (laughs) Yeah. And um, anyway, you know, some of the family kind of stayed back. Um, Some came, some didn't. Yeah. And um, because of sort of the the, um, political unrest like over in you know, Serbia and Macedonia and all that kind of stuff that would eventually come through in the 80s and 90s and all that sort of stuff. Um, like just news about um, like what our family were up to. It was almost like local celebrity news like back over there and they'd exchange photos with each other and all that kind of stuff. So I've got all these cousins and all that kind of stuff that I've, I've never met but they seem to know everything about me. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's Which is, cool. Well, it, it's cool. It's a little weird like when I finally did go over there and um, – yeah, you feel like a bit of a local celeb. Uh, well, sorry, international celebrity. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's um, so you're. I'm trying. To, I don't. I was going to ask the the gen. Like you know, they say first gen, second gen. So did your parents uh, were the first to come to Oz? Or? Yeah. Well, they were kids, so I guess I'm first generation Australian. Yeah, now. that's what I'm asking the question, and I don't even know how the terminology <laughs> works. I, think, I, I feel like, um, yeah. If so, you'd be the same as well. You'd be first generation Australian too. Well, well no, because my grandparents bought my dad here, so he would be. Anyway, I probably should have re- researched <laughs> this if I'm going to ask a question. <laughs> Off to a red hot start on this pod. Um, this is where you get all the uh, accurate information. But no, no, it's interesting because, um, yeah, even talking about the like the name thing as well. With it is that battle of um, you want to embrace the new place, but also um, keep some. Yeah, traditions and things. Yeah. Um, well, um, little bit of a similar thing, but not not the same. But um, like stage names and things with comedians. Where, as I said, I 
I feel like we're making progress. Um, um, you might know uh, Akmal, Akmal yes. Sala. Well, so I, f- I believe, I don't have accurate dates here, but I believe he started maybe in the 90s. But when he started, he went by Peter. Oh, as the wow. name because it was the whole I don't think they're ready for it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, and I'm not 100% sure on that, but I'm pretty sure. So I feel like we've and we've even come far enough where it's it's on, it's it's like it's a selling point I think that you're interesting stories to tell and mm. you prob it's harder to be a John Smith. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, a, a lot of people come up to me these days um when I meet them for the first time they're like, "Oh, break has a really nice name. That's really that's a really nice name." And, um, you know, I'd tell them, oh, yeah, it's nice now. It wasn't nice yeah, when yeah. you were in primary school. Yeah, but, yeah. But, um, hey, it's it's nice to have a unique name. Not going to lie. Mm. It's it's cool. And also kids are dumb. <laughs> Absolutely. But it, that's why it's like you can you can push aside the dumbness of kids, but it's it's sad when adults are like haven't let go of that stuff and yes. it's still. yeah. Absolute. Like Mark Latham or whatever, you know. <laughs> you know, it's like, chill, dude. Like, you're not oh, 10 anymore, you know. Mate, like, I haven't heard that name in a bloody yeah. long time, eh? Well, it was just on the, uh, um, there's just a story come out that he's tried to play cricket, I think, and the Sydney or New South Wales cricket or whatever the organisation that covers cricket there. Yeah. come out and said, no, you got banned for life. <laughs> yeah, because he's got all, he's like, that's why he's just so, like, so clumsy, like he's doing all. You, if you're a politician, you're meant to have this like sort of like clean history, and he's got all this record of like doing all these assault. Anyway, he's not just, a good guy. Yeah, I don't know, as a kid, so I don't know what was that. Was it late nineties that Latham was around? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, I must have still been in high school at the time. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. Like if he can topple Howard, then. He must be okay. And I remember he did like a Rolling Stone interview and all that kind of yeah. stuff back then. I probably well, still I remember that was my right? kind of edgy era, and I was like watching Michael Moore and yeah. listening to Pennywise and NoFX and yeah. stuff. So I was anyone who like would say similar things to my mindset would be like, oh hell. So I remember he was like challenging the like we need to suck up to America thing. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We don't need to suck up to America. And now it's like, but that's what. That's how those sort of people work is li- they get you on little things. like I feel like the, yeah. the, that person that I read about in Rolling Stone, <laughs> that Mark Latham is so different to whatever he is now. Yeah. Like it, wasn't, it didn't even take him long after he kind of lost the, the leadership and all that kind of stuff. He just turned into a, <laughs> an interesting person. Yeah. Anyway, that's the politics part of the show, don't <laughs> But uh, so, yeah, um. Great to have you on, Brango. But so we might tell people our connection. So um, I, as some might know, do some comedy. Um, I've, I've heard. <laughs> yeah, it's it's getting around a bit. Um, believe it or not, some people, they see me on the street and they're like trying to work out what I'm from. But like, yeah, I do some comedy. You do, you do I, have to, I have to actually tell the people that. That's They're like... I know your face. What are you? And I'm like, yeah, I dabble in a bit of comedy. Like, do you get? Do you end up getting a discount <laughs> when they figure it out? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's humiliating. But anyway, um, so yeah, I've actually been at at this comedy caper for quite a long time. Um, I put the starting date as 2008, but I actually had like one gig prior. That, well, I don't count 2007. I showed up at the Triple J Raw Comedy. Oh, yeah. Um, which is a con- contest that launches a lot of careers, like your Hannah Gadsby, Ronnie Chang. Yep. Just about everyone probably started there. Anyway, 
Um, I rocked up in 07, had my five minutes of absolutely awful jokes. Deservedly didn't progress any further and I put it on the bench. <laughs> then I rocked up a year later, again with bad jokes, but I made it through the heat to the next round. So blame Triple J, raw comedy. But, <laughs> but yes, so anyway, um, so, so yeah, I'm not counting 07. I, I say 08, but it really was 07 if you want to be technical. Anyway, similar sort of era, late O's, yes. late 90s. Yeah. But um, yeah, so went in the contest and then when you, when you um, – Enter the contest. the The local comedy club in Brisbane runs it, and they, um, which is smart. They get you involved in in their gigs, and then they say, "Hey, come along to our other gigs. We have to practice, get better, etc." So I did that, um, and that and that's where I met uh, a good a good friend still to this day, even though I barely see him. And he was a great comedian who unfortunately quit, but his name was Nathan Pickles. And he ended up being the singer in Branko's band and Branko's the drummer for. So that's how we all met. I started to go along to yes. uh, tape off the band's gigs, um, you know, to see what Nathan gave up the glorious world of comedy <laughs> for. And it was great, great band. And there's Branko thumping the drums, one of the heaviest thumping of drums. I'm not even speaking properly here. <laughs> Just an insane drummer and it hits the drum so hard. But, yeah, and I was like, fell in love from that day. And then probably, what, years later I got to be in one of you guys' clips, video clips. That was awesome. So, yeah, yeah, that's our connection. And I eventually down the track found out, can you tell us, Branko, uh, another connection to me. Can you tell us about that? So (laughs) I kind of remember it sort of dawned on me once when I was like, Gox, why is that last name so familiar? Because I went to primary school with your sister, yes, Megan, <laughs> um, which I uh, we would have been in a lot of classes together back in the old. Uh, but I went to that school too. I was yeah. two years younger, so yeah. So the but old what, Sunny do you know Hills? What, yeah. So do you know what grades it was? I might not have been there at the same time. Uh, look, I was. It was a long time ago. <laughs> it, it was a very long time ago now. But um, I reckon we were probably in like the same grade five and six. Oh, yeah. Well, I would have been there then. She, she was two years above. So I would have been grade three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she was grade five. I feel That's like, cool. I, I, feel like I, I probably would have been aware of your existence <laughs> back in primary school at some point. And I would have seen you... Giants walking around. Because you know when you're in primary school, the, the older grades seem huge. Oh, yeah. You always look up to the, the grade seveners and all that sort of stuff. Maybe that's where like Heartbreak High got the idea to have like 30-year-old <laughs> actors as grade 12. <laughs> Maybe the producer was like it was burnt into them. that They just look so much bigger. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, all so- roads lead back to Heartbreak High with me. You'll notice that. Absolutely. Trend if you if you uh, if this pod app doesn't scare you away from listening to more, but yeah, so that's quite. Uh, we, we were talking before we started recording about um, how people will say like, "Oh, small world," and they're not. They're like, "Oh, I met an Aussie in London or something." Yes, the, these sort of things to me are more genuine. Like, "Oh, small world." It's when you meet someone years later who had like it's not a massive connection, but it's, you know, we went to the same prim- primary school and. Yeah, yeah. So that's it's, it's a. <clears throat> I mean, Brisbane is quite a melting pot, and, and yeah, um, the the world is getting well. That's like by the, day. the the band thing with uh, me and Nathan. It's I, I would say that's a like pretty pretty cool. Like it's not massive because music, comedy, they're both forms of. Yes, we can say art. We're yes. artists. Yeah, yep. you know, and creativity. I guess creativity is a better word. You're creating something, 
And so someone like Nathan has had jokes and then he um, went to the dark side. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I love music. But um, yeah, so it's not a massive like, oh, it's a small world. But yeah, to think that that and then all these years later, you know, um, that was our original link and, and we've yeah. sort of um, strengthened the yeah. connection over the years. Well, it's it's a very funny way how we've come back through that. So um, so I went to primary school with you. Well, we went to the same primary school down south side of Brisbane. Yeah. And then um, I went to high school, also south side of Brisbane, over at McGregor. And well, I went there as well. See, we're just stalking each other. Oh, yeah. so we did. So you went to McGregor as well? Yeah, I did, yeah. Ah. <laughs> See, this is the connection. This is a real genuine, it's a small world connection. See, now, I didn't know you yeah. went to McGregor as well. I know we went to yeah, same primary yeah. school. I didn't realise we went to same so high it, school. And, so because so you, you're older, so it's me yep. stalking you, by the yeah, way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. all of these places, you're enrolling <laughs> first. <laughs> Getting in through there. So did that and I had a, um, like a high school um Girlfriend that I started dating in grade 12, towards the end of grade 12. By the way, sorry to interrupt. If <clears throat> anyone's listening and doesn't know Brisbane, it is a pretty big place. Like, this isn't like, oh, we went to the same school and it's like <laughs> a town of a thousand. Like, this is... We are um, spread out. It is a, it is a very like spread this is, out this city. This is late 90s, early thousands. Like Brisbane's grown a lot. But even at that point, it was probably two mil, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. You're not, yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. But anyway, sorry to interrupt. Just wanted to clarify. People might be listening who are like, I don't know. I don't it's know not, if I have any overseas well, listeners. You know, but you, know, you know what they used to call, well, I reckon they still call Brisbane. Brisbane's, it's either a really small city or a really big town. Yeah. Put it that way. But it, no, nah, but it's, yeah, that was the old joke. It's like world's biggest country town. But yes, it's yes. a big place now. <laughs> it is. It's bustling. Big enough that when someone from interstate goes, like, oh, my cousin <laughs> Brisbane, so my on, cousin Corey on. lives there. Do you know him? It's like, <laughs> mate, there's two million people there. We don't even cross the river, by the way. Too, we stick to our side. That's a real thing. <laughs> Brisbane on the grow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry to interrupt you. Back to so, so yeah, so I saw. Uh, I had a girlfriend um, in like grade twelve, and uh, started going out, and uh, we were together for a few years. And one of their family friends was Nathan. Um, so I met Nathan, yeah, through my through the girlfriend I had at the time, and, and it was just a family friend, and we were we were catching up at my my girlfriend's parents' house. And uh, it was like a Saturday evening. There was some sort of um, little party that they were having there and, and Nathan was over there and he had just gotten a copy of Super Heist's The Prize Recruit. Oh, now we're talking. And uh, This is peak Oz this, new metal. This, so so, so to, to paint a picture, you know, um, CD burners were starting to get pretty popular. Mm-hmm. Like you, you could finally get a CD burner for like 150 bucks or, or, or something like that. It was starting to get really cheap. So households everywhere were starting to get CD burners in their PCs on their Windows 98 machine or whatever, or XP machine. <laughs> and um, uh, I remember, yeah, girlfriend's parents, they, they had a CD burner and a ripper and all that sort of stuff. And uh, I believe uh, my girlfriend's brother, Jono, and, and Nathan, who were the same age, they were pretty good mates. They were sort of exchanging CDs. So I think Jono kind of gave Nathan a copy of uh, Wu-Tang Clan's The W, which is a, 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 a f- underrated hip-hop album and is very good and stands up very well now. And that was the first time I heard that record through this little exchange. And uh, Nathan, was his, his peace offering was Super Heist, The Prize Recruit, which I hadn't heard at the time as well. I think I'd, 
I, I heard the single. Uh, I'm trying to remember what the single was. Something the system. Um, not not fuck. Well, system. I remember Step Back was because there was a clip for that. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And my connection to Step Back there was a clip for that. But more importantly. It'll get played at the end of Sports Tonight. <laughs> that sports classic, Tonight. Yes. Oh, my God. Man, Sports Tim Tonight, Webster. like, you don't really need it now because of, you know, everything's on the net or whatever. Yeah. But it was so, like, for introducing, like, Aussie kids, because, like, Play of the Day was, like, it would be something from America. And it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, like a sick touchdown pass some, or some home Some hole run. in one. That yeah, was a yeah. Freak thing, yeah. And it was, and it was that. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't super late, like 1am, but it was 10, 30, 11, so you... You knew you were supposed to be in bed, and yes. <laughs> it was just that little bit of like, yeah, little bit of underground. It was so good. Um, so yeah, that was my first meeting of Nathan, and then I may have seen him once or twice after that, whilst uh, still going out um, with the girlfriend at the time. Anyway, kind of lost touch with him. Oh, well, I didn't see him again for many, many years later until I sort of kept in touch with Jono, the um, um, girlfriend's brother, and he was about to go overseas. Um, for a big jaunt. So he was having a big going away party at the Tempo Hotel. <laughs> I, I actually might have still been Dooley's at the time um, there on the corner of McLaughlin yeah. and, and Brunswick. And uh, at the going away party, uh, I saw Nathan there and um, we started chatting. Actually, sorry, no, just before that, before he went overseas, Jono was like, uh, Interpol were coming to town. They were going to play at the convention centre. Hmm. He was going to get tickets. So he got me a ticket. He also got Nathan a ticket and we all went and saw that and that was the first time I saw Nathan in years and um, we were going to go see Interpol together and uh, that was really cool. That was they were touring off of that album, um, uh, Our Love to Admire and after that we are like, oh, yeah, cool, great hanging out, you know, might catch you later, hopefully keep in touch. And then, yeah, it was a few months later, there was the going away party for Jono. Nathan happened to be there, started chatting, starting to have a beers and um, at that time, I was trying to start my own band. Um, I was living in Acacia Ridge at the time. I had uh, a bunch of audio equipment. I was learning how to record myself and all that sort of stuff and wanted to, uh, um, you know, start a band. I'd written a bunch of songs at home, but I want, I wanted to try and get people. Like, I wanted to try to start a band where I wrote the songs but have people come along and play those songs. That's, yeah. that's how I started it. And um, he was super keen to join along. So maybe that's a t- that's around the era, era when he c- came to the dark side, maybe. <laughs> around there. And so um, were you always uh, set on drums or was it – I know you – so like often you start off as a fan of something. So like, mm. you start as this big music fan. Um, can you explain to us like uh, was uh, it we always set on drums or, you know? Like- yeah, from a kid – when I was a kid, I had a family friend that had a drum kit set up in, in their garage and I was absolutely mesmerised by it. It was like an old uh, – 70s like Tama uh, superstar or Imperial star drum kit. I thought it was beautiful with some peisty cymbals. Mm. It was, um, yeah, I, I kind of still have that memory. It's burnt somewhere back in there, like a memory of seeing it um, like in a garage in Durak. Yeah. You know? Well, I do, I find it interesting listening to bands talk about sometimes it's a f- forced into. You know, like, oh, there was four mates. No one wanted to do bass, so I had to. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And I, I had different stages of where I'd listen to different things in the song and appreciate it. Like, have my, like, bass phase where I'm, like, really getting into, like, when you can hear the bass and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I 
I really wanted to play guitar um, when I was growing up. I begged. There was a uh, what's the name? A guitar school around the corner from uh, when we were living in Woodridge. I used to beg my mum when we would drive past that had like guitar lessons, you know, in choir here. Um, but that that didn't happen. Um, I might have inherited a acoustic nylon guitar from my uncle. He rarely played back in the seventies, but um, I. I think it was finally my teenage years. I just decided I really wanted a drum kit. I wanted to play the drums. So my parents finally got me a drum kit when I was about 15. And, you know, at that time... That's a great age for letting out all the... All that angst. uh, Yeah, 15-year-old angst, like... Like, Because, you know, when we would go on family trips, I pretty much lived with headphones on, um, you know, with my Walkman or my my cassette player. And um, I would be air drumming to all sorts of stuff in the backseat. It would annoy the absolute crap out of my sister. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, yeah, I, I think I just kind of just want, I really want a drum kit. I might have seen one at high school. I had one there and then, yeah, I tried to convince my parents to, to get me one. So they did. And um, I started a high school band Um in grade 11, grade 12, we were called Loomis 217. Hell yeah. And why are we called that? Because <laughs> we took um, two names of – well, two two horror references, horror film references. So mm-hmm. my cousin and I, my cousin was in the band, Danny. He um, – was the, was the numbers to get in on like the whole like Blink-182 sort of yeah. – Not intentionally. Oh, okay. Not intentionally. Um, <sighs> I think at the time my cousin and I were just mad sort of horror – um, you know, film buffs and we'd go down to the local Video Easy or whatever and hire, you know, seven yeah. weekly horror films for seven bucks Hell and yeah. just, you know, gorge on that. And um, when we kind of started in this, this band, it was five of us, drums, bass, guitar and two singers. This was – I feel that we did it before Linkin Park. I <laughs> can't confirm or deny. But um, when we did it and we came up with the name – we took the name of Dr. Loomis from the Halloween franchise mm-hmm. and we took 217 from The Shining, <laughs> which supposedly in the Stephen King book, the room number is 217, but in the uh, Stanley Kubrick film, the room number is 237. So anyway, bit of trivia there. Unnecessary knowledge, if you will. No, I love that stuff. Like... So we, we did that. We played new metal. We listened to a lot of Machine Head and that was uh, a, um... Slayer. That was big for that era, the like in, taking something that you're inspired by. And yeah, then, yeah. And then it turned into like, yeah. The, remember like the, the sentence names would come along like bullet <laughs> for my valentine. and Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or the plural, the plural names or like the animal names like wolves. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, had that high school band. We played like the end of year assembly in grade 12. Um, even though my cousin wasn't a student there, we managed to play it. And um, I think they, the music teacher that was there thought we were absolutely god-awful. She probably wasn't wrong, but at the time we thought we were invincible. We, we played at the high school rock uh, band competition as well. I think we got to the semifinals, which wasn't uh, too bad a chop. It was one of those competitions that Sunk Lotto had won before they were called Sunk Lotto. I think they were called Messiah yeah. back then. Um, and we had, uh, yeah, play the end of year school assembly and the music teacher, she tried to, um, cut the power to the amps. Wow. Drums don't need amps. So I kept playing. Yeah. And, uh. That might've been the, the, where the roots for your, like, 
drumming. Heavy drumming comes yeah. from like, yeah. <laughs> and maybe you remember this because I, I, I don't know if you would remember this or not from this end of year at school assembly, but my, um, my cousin and the other singer, Ben, actually, you know, try to get through the curtain to keep saying, no, we're still playing. <laughs> and um, I think my cousin inadvertently ripped the, the velvet curtain that was at McGregor. <laughs> and rumour had had it that after that year, I think the teachers were so offended that they didn't have rock bands at <laughs> end of year high school uh, assemblies yeah. anymore. Um, it's a little bit hazy. That era is a bit hazy for me. For Yeah. Partly from... Length of time and partly for some substances that were getting, <laughs> um, you know, passed around, consumed at pa- that passed time. Yeah, down, yeah. At the, down at the creek. Well, you know, that, that age is a very experimental age, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'd be disappointed if it wasn't. Yeah. So we um, did that. Now, now I'm one beer and done. But <laughs> <laughs> so we did, did that and then I had a break for a couple of years. I just put the drum kit away. I think because the, the high school band broke up. I thought we were going to try and start doing some things but the guitarist was not very interested uh, in that. So we sort of broke up and I put the drums away for about two years. And uh, I had a friend of mine, Christian, he moved up the road. He had a drum kit, kind of reignited my love for the drums and uh, pulled the drum kit back out again. And I think I had a job at the time, which was super frustrating. I thought I'm going to put my frustration into a drum kit. So bought some new skins for it and this, you know, some new hardware. And yeah, Started playing and again, I'm like, I actually really, really enjoy this. So um, kept up my passion and then I, I, I think in 2004 I finally got some savings and I, I bought like this little pearl drum kit and it was like my first drum kit that I had bought, yeah. you know, with my money and um, still got that drum kit to this day. It lives in the practice room now um, and all the hardware that went with it but I, I bought it down at the Cole Gillies <laughs> drummer's warehouse over in Bowen Hills sadly yeah. doesn't exist, but a lot of the people that used to work there still work in the drum industry and are very, very good people. Um, so I still remember the people that sold me that drum kit at the time. And, and you uh, blame them. <laughs> yes. You got me into this addiction. So I, I had I had that drum kit for five years and during those years I tried to start another band with my cousin and another couple of guys. That never really got anywhere. I was trying to, it was, we were trying to capitalise on the days of MySpace where you could just create a band page and supposedly get gigs from it, but we didn't know how to go about it. Mm. So I never played a gig. That uh, that band never played a gig. And then um, we I, – I just wanted to go out on my own and, and yeah, try to start a, um, a project. And, um, yeah, Nathan was around. We talked and then, um, you know, we kind of um, – kept ourselves honest and, and did meet up for a second time and that was kind of like the the spark that lit the flame sort of thing. Similar, similar interests in music. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, that's kind of how Tape Off started. Nathan came up with the name Tape Off and it's a reference to uh, certain boomboxes in the uh, 80s and 90s. I believe not every brand. Every brand had their own little quirks to it but there was a little selector and if it was – in the up position, that would be the radio. And if it was in the bottom position, it would say tape slash off. Oh, yeah. Because um, either it was just off and wasn't operational until you hit play on the um, tape player or, uh, yeah, yeah, or it was just turned off. Some different brands like Sharp and, and Sony had off slash tape. Um, or they called you got to call things. yourself not something. Some yeah. people ask me, they're like, when you perform, like, what do you go by? I'm like, it's just my name. Like, you know? Yeah. Some be- like, I, I, 
was kind of a bit cringy at the time when it was a brand new name and I'd have to try to explain to people what mm-hmm. the, the background of it was. And I kept thinking to myself, look, hopefully this will pass. Hopefully people just know the name and I don't have to mm. keep it explaining it. Um, I haven't had to explain it for a very long time, but the uh, coming up with a band name sucks. Really does. It is hard. Like uh, another band that I play in, Total Pace, um, took us ages to finally land on that name. Um, yeah. I, I I had one um, recommendation which I I thought was a dead ringer that was going to be our name because I thought it was so cool. Um, I think it was – I suggested Coliseum Amps. I think I was thinking about – have you ever seen that Pink Floyd film Live at Pompeii when they're – no. It's it's not a, much of a Pink Floyd guy, believe it or not. Yeah, uh, well, there, there's this famous um, film that they filmed in 1971. It's literally them in Pompeii, but it's with all their amps, all oh, lined up in a big the, stack. Of um, stuff. That's the place with the volcano, right? No. Oh, well, in the film, they've got volcanoes and stuff. Yeah. Uh, is there a volcano nearby? You know is what? It, isn't it the place? Maybe I'm wrong. What's the place that got covered by a? Volcano. I'm thinking of something else. <laughs> uh, not Pompeii. Look, I mean, yeah. I can't comment because I, I'm not actually learnt up on it, but uh, Pompeii is in Italy. Oh, okay, and, um, yeah. it, It's an old Colosseum. So anyway, I thought the name Colosseum Amps would be a really cool name. I thought it was badass. Yeah, that's the, cool. The other guys didn't think so. But anyway, they thought Screw Total them. Pace was good there. <laughs> so I went, all right, all right, whatever, Total Pace is totally fine. <laughs> you, could be, you could have your own little banner that says Coliseum Amps. and like, <laughs> <laughs> It's just conflicting. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it is like, do you find that with bands, like the whole democracy thing? They're like getting getting ideas through and agreeing. And <laughs> oh, it's tough. It can be tough to get ideas across, oh, depending on the personalities. Like um, I'm one person. I can't even agree with myself. <laughs> yeah, but. The. Yeah, well, hey, you, you forge your own path. Uh, <laughs> being in a band really is um, marriage without the sex. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, it can be marriage with the sex. I don't know, depending on the kind of band that you want to be. But it is a band where a bunch of collective ideas yeah. do come together and you have your own skill sets that meld together and that is the sound of the band. There's no blueprint, you know, of this is what a band should sound like or should operate like or this or that. I mean, there's examples, there's numerous yeah. examples, but they're they're also different from each other. There is no one, you know, inverted commas, correct way to do Well, looking event. in from the outside, I do think like, wow, you see changeover of members and, and then you see bands that have been around for a long time. It's like, wow, they've been able to mm. keep it going. And like, but because um, I like, I've I've had some groups I've worked with and I and I enjoy it because it's a different voice than just your own which it can be lonely being a solo act. Yeah, know? absolutely. I, I want to I want someone to be able to take the blame if it's a bad show. <laughs> <laughs> it's all on me. <laughs> well, you know, with a band um in this day and age sadly uh as as much as people don't want to think about it it is a business mm. um but you have to be friends um really in the first place you have to well you have to try to be friends anyway Hopefully, I, I, if, if I think you, a big thing is would be on the same page isn't it like yeah. wanting the same so if you got one dude is like, this is, I want this to be huge. And the other three are like, this is my muck around weekend thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's always like the, you know, uh, you know how you used to see um, ads like in Time Off or Rave, you know, they're looking for band members or, you know, something stuck up on the wall at a rehearsal room. And um, down the bottom, it would always say something like, must have driver's license. 
Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Must do this, must do that. It's almost like a um ad for a rental, like a housemate, like yeah, non smoker needed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, has to has to be okay with cats or, like, <laughs> but it's it's more like yeah, basis needed. Um, has to be able to. Decent personality. I don't know. I was trying to think of something. Did, did you did, did you ever see that meme? It was a meme that was going around for ages uh, that I don't know if it was fake or if it was actually the real deal. It was like posted up in a rehearsal room sort of um, notice board. And I think it was like, um, you know, drummer wanted for a band that loves corn and smash mouth. And <laughs> that is it. Only those two things. We are only into those two things. If you don't yeah. like those things, you are not right for us. It was quite serious, and that's uh, funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I look at that and and absolutely um, chuckle. Yeah, there's, there's been a few of those funny ones. Wasn't there one that was like, "Drummer needed must not take off with my ex-wife," and <laughs> <laughs> really like turned into this big rant about his, his I, ex I, that ran <laughs> off with someone or something. I wonder how they went. I wonder if they found the person <laughs> yeah. for the for the role. You know what I mean. <laughs> It would have that would have been a, a a pretty wide wide find, but yeah, band, bands are a, a they they are an entity. They <laughs> are a um, an emotional ride. It's it's beautiful when yeah. all the things are going great, and it's ugly when they're not. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think uh, you know how people are like you know can't wait to to get on stage. Like all all the stuff that you do before the gig or after the gig or all that kind of stuff just seems like such a bore but once you're on the stage you kind of realise yeah. why you do it kind of thing. Yeah, um, well, like I was watching you guys last night, Total Pace, and I was like in that moment it just put everything to the side. It's like this is why you do it. It's like, you yeah. know, like just it all comes together. And the same the same with comedy, you know, it was like leading into it. It was like all the little stuff and then, if it's a good gig, if it sucks, you're like, I want the stage to open up and swallow me. <laughs> but the good ones, you're like, oh, this is this is what I love. Like, this is what I, yeah. So here's a question for you. As a comedian and you're up on stage and you're holding a microphone and that's it, what do you, what do you think, if you can try to describe for us uh, listeners, um, what is actually like... What do you think about when you're actually in the middle of the show? So you'll have your routine, right? And and yeah. I'm sure that you're going through that script in your head or whatever, all the things that you're talking about or whatever comes naturally next. But are you sitting there actually worrying about, oh, is this microphone going to break on me? Or is like, oh, look at that person in the back right, like <laughs> they're looking at me funny. Or yeah. Do you try to process sort of all that as well whilst you're trying to deliver, you know? Yeah, well, um, I'm at my best when I don't, when I'm not thinking of stuff. So I try to block that out, but it can come in like, oh, shit. Like, that's why, like, spotlights and stuff are good where stop you from seeing, like, an individual face yeah, or something. Yeah, where, yeah. Oh, they're frowning or... Yeah. Yeah, but definitely um, I'm at my best when I'm not overly thinking things and... But at the same time, too, you don't want to go into autopilot because, like, I, I have some, like, old jokes that I've done so many times, like... The classic hits, you know. But yes. Got to yeah, give yeah. them the hits, but oh, you gotta, gotta but you don't want to just read it as if you're just like reading, like yeah. you know. You want to. Well, it's it's kind of like you know Andrew Dice Clay, right? <laughs> Remember he used to do the nursery rhymes thing, and he, yeah. like he got so massive off of that, and then he got sick of it. 
of people yelling it at him. Um, so then he would do yeah. like really crap renditions of it and would <laughs> disappoint the audience, of course. There is actually, yeah. there's there's a comedy, I think it's actually a, a two comedy albums that he did called um, The Day the Laughter Died and it's him purposefully having a horrible comedy show. And yeah, there's like well, pe- people leaving during it and he actually scolds them for it. It's a, it's a common theme of... Um, it's a tough listen, the, those, those yeah. two records. That, that's popped up over the years a bit where I remember Chappelle freaked out about like, you know, like teenagers going, I'm Rick James, bitch. Or yes. Because it's, it's a case of you putting something out there and people not taking it how you wanted them to. Which the, con- is, the context just yeah, goes out the window. Yeah, And it's like this wasn't meant to be people walking around just mm. saying shit. And mm. <laughs> how do you, like when you do, when you are about to jump up on stage, do you try to clear your, your brain or like what what's the nerves like before you actually yeah. jump on up? Yeah, well, there's a lot of emotion. Like the day of a show, all day you're like thinking about it. I hope it goes well. Yeah, yeah. And then like you're on and it's going well. It's like this is sick. And then you go off and it's like almost like a relief. It's like, Phew. but you do want to soak up the moment and enjoy it. And Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, like. It's like anything, like you do, you do worry, I think, you know, because you want confidence, you want to believe in yourself, but at the same time not be cocky about it. Like, yeah. not like everything I touch turns to gold. It's like, it could be like, because one of the worst things for a comedian is like no laughter sort of thing, you know. Mm. As they say, uh, a bit of industry lingo, like bombing, they'll say, like, <laughs> oh, you're bombed, you know. A lot of violent terminology. <laughs> like bombed. If you do well, that's killed. Like, yeah. I just realised how how violent the comedy lingo is. But um, did did like have you have you actually had that like oh a, a, yeah a, a delivery of a joke and literally no one laughed and I've had whole sets of no laugh. <laughs> I like I don't I don't like to blame things. I, I like blame is a strong word. Um, so is like excuses. I like to think of them as reasons why. I'm, <laughs> Like, um, for example, uh, I did this Melbourne Uni gig. It was like an O week, and yeah. it was um, it was me and the the Chats, the band. Yes, yep. Who I love them, but Great uh, band. and it's and it's hard to um, I love doing gigs with bands, but then if I don't do well, then I'll see the band come on. Everyone's moshing, enjoying themselves. It's very contrasting. It's gone from like they didn't like the comedian. Yep, they're going off, but. So at the time, it, it hits hard and then time passes and you can reflect. So that hit me pretty hard because it was about a half an hour spot, which is quite a while to... No laughter in comedy is... I don't know if you could make an equivalent to other things. I guess it's like if you're going to say sports, it's like standing there at, in tennis and just serving double faults. You know? <laughs> or a goalkeeper just letting goals out. Whatever, you're not doing your job really, are you, if you're not getting laughter. But then time passed and... Um, like I said, blame or excuse are strong words, but I thought about the age gap. Yeah. You yeah, know, maybe yeah. it's a weak excuse, but I am like double most of like, what are they, 18 if they're coming out of school? I'm this 36-year-old talking about pies and burgers and chalky milk and all the stuff I talk about. So, And then you got the whole, I don't like to bring it up much, but like the inner city maybe, yeah. inner city student thing. Well, do you, yeah. do, you, do you think there is such a thing as a common Aaron Gox uh, <laughs> attendee to, like, your shows or anything like that? Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> Male. <laughs> Usually. Ladies, if you're out there, I, I don't I'm not against you coming. No discrimination. Yeah. I think I think the um the social pages do like breakdowns like Facebook and stuff, and it's yeah. like it's I imagine like most eyes have a pretty Good spread, like bands and stuff. And then you look at mine, it's like male, 30 to 20. <laughs> Actually, I, um, for the age thing, I do get surprised by how young some of the people who are into it are. Yeah. Because I just put it out. I don't think, I, I don't try and target a group. Yeah. But it, in, my, in my back of my mind, I'm thinking it would be more blokes, like 30, 40. But then I get like 17, 16-year-olds are into that, it. Well, that's funny because you're obviously the um, – the biggest pool of people that resonate with you are, are within a similar age range as you or, or younger as well. Um, and, and, you know, the gender study of that is that, that there's more males than females. Um, <laughs> I don't know, it, in comedy, like, I guess what kind of comedian would you sort of have to be that seems to appease both sexes? Yeah, I'm sure... I'm sure there are some, but I guess. Because is there, is there many female comedians that you think a male won't enjoy? Like, you know, like a, a female comedian that is like, yep, I, I only appease to, you know, 30 to to 40-year-old females and all this kind of stuff that are at that range. Yeah, I guess I guess because comedy inherently is talking about experiences and things in the world, so... It's just inherent that it's going to be mm. um, certain groups that are going to like it more than others. But mm. um, I guess you got, you know, obviously Carl Barron is someone like that is huge. So there's going to be just massive amounts of people mm. into it. He was actually somebody I was thinking of as and some sort of an example yeah. that, that can appeal to both. But he's such an anomaly in the comedy world. Even I read this article this week um, Will Anderson did talking about how his career and he was saying, talking about Will Anderson, his own career, and he was saying how um, he gets offers, people saying, you should try acting, and he's like, I'm not into it. And then he was talking about, um, so all of the media stuff he does is is basically to try and get people to come to his show, yeah, yeah, his yeah. own show, yeah. which is quite amazing to say that out loud. And yeah. then, um, because, and he said Carl Barron is such an anomaly where he doesn't really put, Anything out, but it can still tour because mm. he, the the venue will just say Carl Baron coming, and then it will sell out like, and you know it's like entertainment centers or town halls in little town. He's just an anomaly because most of us can't do that. We've got to keep putting yeah. stuff out, being in your face. And what do you, what do you think was his breakthrough? Like, wh- where do you think Carl Baron or yeah? What do you think he um, did right that actually? I, I still remember seeing him on the Footy Show when I was like. So, so, well, everyone was watching telly back then, see? Yeah. So um, everything's spread now. Yeah, you know, yeah. People are looking then... at, like, Netflix. People are looking at whatever. And um, everyone's just watching telly back then. Because um, it was the common thing that was on. Yeah. And then you can actually talk about it the mm. next day at work but or what are they? Or whatever. Yeah, what do they call that? Like, water cooler? Water yeah, yeah, cooler. the water cooler talks and all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that now it's whatever the big streaming series is. Yeah. It's Stranger Things, Game of Thrones. But I remember back... Th- we didn't. We didn't gather around the water cooler. Would have been at school the bubbler, maybe. But <laughs> yes, it wasn't cool. It was the hot. The bubbler. But yeah, I remember that. It was gr- hot and gross. But anyway, <laughs> but I remember we. I think it was grade ten, nine. Doesn't matter the exact grade, but we're all just. He would be on Thursday night footy show, 
and you come the next day and we're like reciting jokes and yes. quotes and that's huge. That's just like and um and he was really inter- like new and fresh and uh, I guess he is still quite odd and quirky, but yeah, it really is an anomaly, Carl Barron. But um, so it was the footy. The, the footy show was his um, ultimate entry point. Yeah, that was his first TV thing. It was just a. It was like five minutes or something. But yep. I guess because it's a short spot, you can condense all your best stuff and yeah. And it was very observational, like. But that was very fresh then. So mm. like. Obviously in America, like Seinfeld was massive doing observational stuff. So yeah. Baron is almost not the same as Seinfeld, but it's almost like an Aussie twist on the and he's it's like here's this guy talking about like Milo and, and I like to think I'm 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 not Carl Baron's style, but that same thing is like bringing everyday th- things yeah. into discussion. Like, yeah. No one's talking about sauce packets or <laughs> <laughs> even on the way here I got a pie and I'm like Trying to squeeze, you know the little squeeze things, yes. master foods. Yes, I'm not and, the biggest fan of them, but yes. Yeah, well, that's it. Um, I don't know if you've ever had this. Um, and this isn't trying to be a comedy bit or anything, <laughs> but this is why I try and do it in my comedy is bring little things out there. But um, it just wouldn't. It wouldn't wasn't. Open? Yeah, like it wouldn't put any sauce out. I've had this before, and then you squeeze it so hard, and then it like it must be like. Backfiring or something, yeah, 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 and then it'll shoot, and they're like, "Oh, well, some, something gets caught." And obviously, yeah, yeah. it just goes in the direction you weren't yeah. expecting it to. So, if you're listening, sauce makers out there, sort yourself out, saucy. Because yeah, then you got the um, I hate the the ones you got like pinch really tight too, like they're like yes. a little bag. Yep, yep. Um, when yeah. you ask Maccas for, you know, can I have a bit of sauce for my chips? Like the, they, the they give you like seven or eight. Yeah, the sachet. Yes, but, yes. Because you, you can't a, even get much out of it. Yeah. Well, look, uh, what. I must ask you, um, I I enjoy a good sauce. I'm sure you do too, right? <laughs> oh, I love my sauce. Um, if <laughs> if you could rate maybe your top three sauces from oh, probably man. probably it, it could it could either be from a fast food chain or something you get at the supermarket. Uh, top three. I know I'm I'm putting you on the spot here. There, I know this, this it's has a lot not of been this this has not been prepared, but <laughs> um, I, I want to hit you with that. Well, I feel like you can't go. Everyone tries to be tricky and think of something fancy. Yep. But you can't go past the classics, can you? Tom- a good tomato sauce. Mm. And then... Um, so what do you think? Are you thinking of Heinz? Yeah, Hines? Tommy. Tommy, yeah. Classic Tommy sauce. And, um, you know, like when you just get a nice cup of hot chips at the yep. 40 or something and... Poor. And you got to, like... You, I've made this problem. I've made this mistake of just drowning it, like making the chips swim in it. And well, yeah, yeah, because your your fingers are going to be absolutely swimming with it as well. Yeah. And by, by the time you've finished it, and you haven't got a napkin or well, a serviette, and also you're hoping that it distributes to the bottom, but it doesn't. It just sits on top. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. um, this is you know this is a tr- tricky topic because like, would you would you accept gravy? Was that a condiment or? Oh, okay. See, this um, is where the controversy comes th- in. This is going to be a controversial opinion from me. Um, my wife knows about it, and, and she's controversial. Uh, she has a controversial um, <laughs> view on it. Um, I'm not a gravy man. Oh my goodness! I don't like gravy. I'm 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 not for it. Wife loves it. Gravox yeah. is in the house. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> we actually ordered from. Uh, I, I don't. From Uber East I don't know if night. I can trust you anymore, Bring. <laughs> here I am sitting here with this man I thought I knew. No, no. I, I, I ordered a palmy 
and it came with gravy. And I gave it, and this was like an Uber Eats kind of thing. Uh, it came with gravy and it came in a container and I gave that to my wife because I was like, I'm not having it. I think it's just... The, Do you think it's, it's the taste or texture or... I think it's the texture of it. I think it's just too... Um, because uh, you can get you can get um, liquidy ones, you can get um, thick. Yeah, I, I you know I only ever usually see the the very liquidy. You know, it doesn't have much viscosity to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's very. It does have to splashy. be hot and fresh. But mm. you could say that about a lot of things. Like hot yeah. hot chips are beautiful, but yeah. you've got about a ten minute time frame before they're gross. Well, see here here I am. I mean, I, I I'm. I've got a sauce complex, okay? <laughs> Love barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce, I feel, just runs through my veins. And my parent, yeah. my mum is disgusted by is it my that, uh, You know that old-fashioned bottle, e- ETA? Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. Remember when they used to have like two, they had like a like a low-salt version, which was the white label, and the, the regular one mm. was the yellow. Um, you, you put them in, uh, and then we can get on about whether you put them in the fridge or not. That's another, oh, that's co- another, that's another topic. topic. Yeah. But... Um, I was pantry, by the way. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, I'm pantry, but I don't hate refrigerated either. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the the gravy thing, I just have not cottoned onto it. So I, when I go to restaurants, I have to, you know, I feel like a, a a total idiot for doing it. But I do ask them for barbecue sauce, and I feel like I can almost feel the judgment from the person taking the order. It's like. You know, we got Diane sauce and we got pepper sauce, we got this and we got that, mm. and you just want barbecue sauce. So I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, that's that's me. Um, See, I don't worry. I used to worry about that stuff, but um, I'm 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 very um, I'm very comfortable in my own skin now yeah. ordering food because yeah. I'm like, even at um, you know, it's like at Asian places. Like I love Asian food, and I I get the whole like making an effort with like pronunciations and um. Mm. Chopsticks mm. and stuff. Yeah, but I'm. I do. I, I get it. Like making an effort to embrace. But I'll just be like, you know, I'm like, whatever works for me. Like for try and use the cutlery that's going to work. Say it in a way that I can pronounce. Not try. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Not not over the top. Like oh, 25 and 20. You know. Yeah. They the. <sighs> I feel like they just want the sale too. They they're not like oh that guy really tried. And, well, do you ever get, like, a restaurant where they, like, you ask for a barbecue sauce, like, okay, I've ordered some big parmesan or a, or a steak, something sizable, but the sauce or the container they give you the sauce in is just woeful. You get that? Uh, there, yeah, there are some yeah. places I go to and I'm like, like, are you going to have to make me come up and ask for seconds? Because that, that's going to suck. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you, you run out of sauce bef- before you yeah. get the end. But I, I love, I love, I drink the stuff if I could. Yeah. Um, but tomato, <laughs> tomato sauce, I won't have naked, like next to like some chips or something like that. If, mm. if it's on a burger or something like that, I'm totally fine with that. But just having tomato sauce on its own kind of thing, I don't know. I've got a complex against it. But barbecue sauce, which I know is basically tomato sauce mixed in with um, yeah. Worcestershire sauce. I think I can't, I can't remember what the, but, the, the ingredient barbecue is, but. sauce is funny because it is the like it's it's, this, it's a mystery sauce like no one outside of the makers would really know how to describe it or what yeah but I have looked at the ingredients and basically it's like it's like yeah it's sweet it's there's a lot of sweet like there's usually some it's like sugary you know yeah, um, yeah, like yeah. caramelized or and then uh, a little bit tangy too but like um mm. yeah so it's like they're talking about sweet like sweet chili is another. Another good uh, one with yeah. See that's but that's if you got wedges maybe sweet yeah. chili and sour cream. Well, see the barbecue sauce over in Australia is 
absolutely completely different to what it is in America. In America, they put a lot of spice in it. Like it, it's usually pretty spicy over there. Almost like yeah. re- remember the KFC barbecue sauce? It it was always oh, really so, yeah. super like spicy to me. Yeah. The 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 pinnacle, the top sauce for me, absolute top dog, is the McDonald's barbecue sauce. Oh really? I don't yeah. know what what the secret ingredient of that stuff is, but I would drink it. Yeah, it's funny because um, people talk about like KFC secret herbs and. But there is a lot of mystery around McDonald's and mm. like people trying to work out the Big Mac sauce and mm. like you said, the barbecue sauce. <laughs> oh. There is something special. See, once we get st- start talking on sauces, it's, it's a whole whole world opens there's, up. There. There's, there's a rabbit hole that has um, opened up. What, what are your feelings on um, mint, mint as a flavour, like anything? See, I'm, I always, for me, I was like, I don't mind a bit of... I don't love it, but, like, I have a bit of mint gum or something. But then mm. um, I remember when I was a kid, a little bit of the, the choc, choc yep. chip mint ice cream. Yep. See, when I'm over in Perth, see, I like I like to have different flavoured milks in different areas. Yes. And in Perth, they have a spearmint milk, Ooh. which is nowhere else. Yeah, Ooh. a bit of a, a bit odd over there, the, the Perthians. That is, yeah. What's the brand over there? Um, so it's the same company as, like, Big M and all that. Yeah, yeah. But it's called Master's. Ah. Which I don't know any history of it. If it's a, the surname, maybe it's like the farming groups. Sure, yeah. Steve yeah. Masters or something. Yeah, I always wow. go with Steve when I'm <laughs> when I'm saying like how how a, a name started. You know, like <laughs> I'm, I'm going to just detract for a little bit. One of the, one of the first jobs that I had at a high school was I worked at a Domino's Pizza. Hell yeah, on the south side of town, and. Um, you know when you go to rock up to pick up your pizza and it looks like everyone is there busy making pizzas but there's no one ever there to serve the customers? Um, there was a method that they have at Domino's. I, I wonder if it still is um, active to this day. And I, I don't go there that often anymore. Um, but if, uh, if we were working there and there's a customer that's been staying there for probably 20 seconds or so and no one served them, Somebody will literally yell out, George! <laughs> and then all of a sudden you, you have a person that just shows up and goes, yep, well, how can I help you? Um, yeah, George was code for customer. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 Custo- customer waiting, so go serve the customer. See, this is why I got you on, Branko. Is- <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, who's a guy who can give me some uh, <laughs> takeaway? Yeah. But this is what, like, I know, like, talking about what I talk about, so I, I love these little quirks and stuff, you know? Yeah. I- I've been... Um, do you have, you have these mates who just the one you know you can send like a silly gag to, they'll yeah. like it. And I I got this thing where, you know, I get bored pretty easily. So when yeah. I'm ordering a pizza, I'll put a – you're not going to use your real name, so I'll use a silly <laughs> name. And I, I got a mate I'll send it to. I know he's going to appreciate it. Yes. So I've been doing like – because I, I, I feel like um, maybe a few places do it. I know KFC I was in recently did it, but putting the name on the screen. Yes, like, yes. Domino's does that. So I've been doing, um, like, years back I used to do really ridiculous, you know, oh, it would be funny if like, I put Hitler or something. <laughs> but that, then, it, then it's like it's funny and then you've got to ask for it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but now, so now my whole thing is um, inanimate objects. So I'm putting, like, scissors, <laughs> packet. Packet was going, like, order for packet. But it, 
I like, but the, the person that serves me usually just like a, a nice little smile. They're like, you yeah, know, it's just like order. They're, for, they're in on the joke. Yeah, I'm like order for scissors or shoe or. Oh, my my little cousin. She worked at a KFC, um, and uh, this is a bunch of years ago. I was, I was with her, uh, my uncle, her father. Um, we were out like going shopping for stuff. And um, we're like, oh, let's go pay her a visit. We know that she's working uh, on the drive-thru as well. Let, let's go through drive-thru. <laughs> and um, we drove through and, and she said, yeah, can I take your order? And uh, I was mean. I was like, yep, could I please grab um, just a large Supreme? Um, I would love uh, three Big Macs and uh, two Big Whoppers. <laughs> and there was silence. It's like, can I take your order, please? Again, I was like... Uh, uh, yep, two garlic breads, five meat lovers, this and that. And then I said, hey, it's, it's, it's Branko here. <laughs> She's like, oh, my God, can you just tell me your order because I need to keep working. I was like, okay, all right, all right, here, here's the order, you know, a bunch of nuggets and chips and all that kind of stuff. And she rocked up. She's like, oh, my God, my bosses are always here and they're listening with, like, they were in the middle. I think at that time, I think KFC were really trying to clean up their wait times because uh, <laughs> KFC used to be like really notorious to make you wait. Yeah. Oh man, I, I've waited and drive through yeah. for like ten minutes for stuff, you know, in the past. So, especially over the years, uh, I, I think they tried to clean up their yeah. act. So yes, yeah. so I, I was being one of those buffoons, giving a, a dunce order, and uh, my niece gave me the insight of them going. Uh, can you hurry up because I get in trouble when it you know <laughs> starts going too long? So there you go. That's that's good to know, right? That well, those people on the front line do have to put up with a lot, you know. Absolutely, like, and they're and, uh, but they listen. They listen and, to the customers. Yeah, you know. Well, no, uh, one thing I wanted to open up about the whole uh, drive-through procedure uh, is um, waiting bays. What the heck? When did that come in? It felt like like. What five five or six years ago? There's, no, no, they've been longer for that. Uh, no, it, it just felt like the whole point. I mean, you're still not getting out of your car, but the whole point was like you're driving through, you're getting the thing. Now it's like now you're making an order and you're going to the car park. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I know a guy that actually challenged somebody about the waiting bay. Uh, was that a McDonald's? So, um, Well, I feel like they – this is showing my age a bit because I know it's many, many years since this. Um, but you remember when burgers were just ready? Yes, and I get, I get it. The, yeah. the whole thing now is like fresh, so it's not gross and yeah, soggy. Yeah. And but I feel like they they could have the ones that are just mass made. Like they could just have Big Macs ready. Like everyone gets Big Macs cheeseburger. Yeah, but I guess then also you've got um people want like pickles off and yeah, 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 extra cheese. Yeah, and, like. oh, well. I, I, Interesting, very interesting. But, yeah, I, I know a friend that he had an order. wasn't a, a complex order at all. Um, I think it was fairly simple and rocked up to the counter and they just said, you can go just sit in the waiting bay. Um, and he refused. He challenged it. Oh. He challenged it. He's like, no, no, I'm cool here. Obviously, you know, if you're the person that's um, it's a, it's a bo- serving that, that's almost like your worst nightmare. You've now got yeah. to like... I couldn't do that. I, I'm not... You know what I mean? And and supposedly... I'm not bold enough to do that. I've just... He told yeah. people like when he rocked up like to work afterwards, he worked for a talkback radio station and um, told them at work about it and they actually made a, uh, a subject into it where they got callers in to talk about it, like, you know, the yeah. waiting bay whether you should go in or not, or, you know, we, 
like why? As in like yeah. sometimes it's like, yeah, I've just got a simple order. I just want I just want chips. That's all I yeah. want. Just just chips and that's it. I get, and if uh, you rocked up, they've yeah. got, they put you in the waiting bag. Like I get, I just want to know what the system is of like what is it? Like do you want to keep to people flowing through and having three or four orders behind yeah. or what's happening? Well, I feel everyone's got like a trigger point, right, of something that sets them up. Not everyone. Yes. There's people who just let everything go through to the keeper. But like, <laughs> so you, um, what was it you said your friend or? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess his thing might have been being told to do something that he finds unreasonable. I'm just oh, guessing. Yeah. So, but then, so the, I might be fine with that. But then for whatever reason, so I want to talk about like, I'm a very stingy person. I'm like, <laughs> I like to go like the two cents over and use cash at the petrol. To get the, <laughs> that's like yeah, super yeah, yeah. stingy. Actually, it's funny the other day, this, um, it was a 7-Eleven, I think, and it wasn't letting me get to the two cents. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And You're I spent a lot more than I, over. yeah, I spent a lot more than I wanted to because I kept trying to go to the next 10 cents to get it on 12. <laughs> Yeah, and it, yeah. it kept stopping on like 11, 21. Oh, <laughs> and I had to eventually stop. Oh, <laughs> man versus one. And that's that's even worse. That's like trying to get one cent. And like, oh. But anyway, um, I'm getting a bit sidetracked here. The, the main point is my stinginess because um, there's this thing I really hate, right, and what it is. And I know it makes me come across as a, an idiot and a loser, but... I know, and like I know, not many people use cash now, right? Like a lot of people use cards. Absolutely. Um, so there is still some people use cash, right? And I know a lot of people will um, not worry about the five because you know everything's something ninety five. Yeah. And so some people say keep the chain, or also, or if the shop doesn't give it, they don't care. But I hate this where the shop just decides. Yes. Right? The and I, I admit, I, I will fully admit that super stingy and lame, but. It should be up to the customer to, to say you can have that, not if the thing was something 90. It's a principal thing, right? Yeah. Plus I'm pretty brave. But no, <laughs> no I, I, in all seriousness, I'm, I've got a little bit of money. I'm not like flying, but I'm not. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's not But you, it's you, not just the money thing. It's a principle. But I just don't like the shop going, um, for example, um, um, a place to – I was collecting a, a sports bet uh, in a shop that does betting the other day. I yeah, won't yeah. say who, but it rhymes with <laughs> Chiab. No, <laughs> All right. but anyway, um, doesn't matter the place, whatever. It's more the principal thing. So, um, and and um, I know I'm, I know this is super lame. So don't anyone say to me like, "Oh, you're a loser," or whatever, because I know. <laughs> and my my friend actually baked me for it and said like, "Don't. Why do you care?" But anyway, so they owe me. Um, a bet come through and it was like they owed me uh, – I forgot the exact amount. But let's say so it was like twenty two sixty five, right? Right. Um, and the lady gave me twenty two sixty in in cash. Oh, yeah. And I, like I said, it's five cents. It's, it's it's nothing, who cares, whatever. But the principal – and I said, oh, um, sorry, that was twenty two sixty five, And she said, We're, we don't have any five cents, right? Oh. And then I said um, – well, what about 10? 10 cents. And she goes, yeah, we got that. So I'm thinking, it's your <laughs> shop's fault you don't have fives. Just give me the 10. Yes, yes. So she, she goes, okay, I'll give you a 10. Do you have five? And that's what <laughs> that's what pissed me off, right? See what I mean? Like yes. My, um, so this is my principal thing, right, is like you were fine to shortchange me because you didn't have it. 
Now all of a sudden you want to be exact. That's quite complex. Yeah. That is a complex right there. And and my friend was right to call me a loser, but all <laughs> at the same time I stand by my principle. So that's why I was talking about, I know that's a long-winded thing, but trigger points and something that sets you off. So the thing that pissed me off was like she was fine to say don't worry about the five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then when she, Yeah. And then when she said Oh, we've got 10 cents. She wanted it to be exact then. But, but isn't it... Okay, so the, the accountants of the world are probably totally backing you right now yeah, with yeah. you because it's like every cent counts. You know, in yeah. this world, it makes me think of... Well, like, when I say principle, it brings in that thing of like customers always right. And I'm not like sure. one of these Karen managers. I want to see your manager. But I just assume the shops would think... I'm not going to shortchange the customer, you know. Well, here, yeah. here, we will cop the five cent, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's it going to look like on their balance? Yeah, sheets? yeah. That's why I think. See, on. it makes me think of like you know, Office Space, right? The film. Yeah, you know, yeah. I they love just, it. they just, you know, take a fraction, a fraction of a cent, and they just ch- chuck it into another account, and you know, no big deal. No one's going to notice. And then the next day, they're like, "Oh, that's actually a <laughs> lot of money. Someone's going to notice." Um, so, I. Yeah, you do wonder about those tiny little cents. It all adds up. Well, I'm big on the the power imbalance. Like that five cents means a lot more to me than to you guys. Like, you were you were being taken advantage yeah, of. Yeah. I think I think the uh, organisation did uh, and probably I, do you were wrong there and should and have I, just let you just yeah. go as, as happy as you may have been. Just go. I'll just keep the change. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they should have been just as happy. Well, that's for you my to, thing. For customer satisfaction. Yeah. Keep the change. I know that's my thing. Is that I know a lot of people do the whole keep the change thing, but that sh- each customer should be up to each individual, not mm. the shop assuming it. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh-huh. um, yeah, that's the thing. It's it's crazy because it's like I am probably last of a dying breed still using cash, <laughs> but um. It does, you know, it can add up. <laughs> I actually have cash in my wallet at the moment and someone actually saw that. Maybe it was my, no, it was my wife. Actually, my wife said, <clears throat> you got cash in there. I was like, I can't actually remember where, like, how it got in there. <laughs> like, I can't remember if I, you know, if I sold something on Gumtree or maybe I actually got <clears throat> cash out for something. It's probably well, been sitting there for a very long time and I just haven't used it yet. S- sometimes our habits can be shaped by some... Something that happened previously or... Mm. See, um, I think the banks have calmed down a bit, but back in the day there was like 10, 10 transactions a month a card. Yes. And over that you get charged. And you just get used to that where you train yourself to like use cash as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, you, you like, you know, take out 400 bucks or whatever and chuck that in your wallet well, and, and make that happen. Some people do it to restrict spending because... It feels worse handing over cash than the car. Sure, yeah. yeah. Psychologically, it's that's a thing. Yeah, absolutely. So. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, we might wrap that up there. I feel like I've. I I wanted to uh, get to know Bringer, but I feel like I've gotten to know sources and uh, no, no, no. In all, um, well, actually, uh, you know what? In, in a very roundabout way, I don't think we quite touched on mon- uh, mint and chocolate. <laughs> mint choc, mint and chocolate don't mix. That's it. Oh, that's, controversial. That, that's it. That's my final word on that. Yeah. But toothpaste is all right. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Don't put it in chocolate. But, um, yeah, I was I wanted like, we'll get you on another time because, like, we, we didn't even cover sports and I know you love, uh, your, yes. you love your sports. You're yes. Northwest, is it a Northwestern USA man, aren't you? You love your, your blazers and my your... My Portland Trail blazers. There's, that's, that's a story in itself. Because you're a Sonics man as well, isn't it? Yeah, I love the Sonics. I was actually a Charlotte Hornets fan. Are they, are they are 
um, I, I said I was going to wrap it up. Now I'm, <laughs> now I'm getting back into it. But uh, did they did they have a big rivalry, or they were kind of like a, a Queensland sports thing of loving the guy down the road? Because I, oh. I feel we're we're a bit odd with that here. Where that's interesting. Yeah. Um, Portland and Seattle. I mean, I, I love the Pacific Northwest as a whole entire region, so maybe that's why I've, I've got a Seattle Sonic shirt. And if the Seattle Supersonics do come back as a team, I'd like to support them too. Um, mm. But uh, the, the reason why I'm a big Paul... Do you, do you hate the thunder for stealing? Uh, <laughs> I hate the, the people that bought the Supersonics that took it to the thunder. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that is... Um, they are, I, that's I, a bleak subject. I, I yeah. love American and Australian sports and... There's some sort of similarities, but there's a lot of like we don't have that relocation culture that they have there. Yeah, um, yeah. The closest to it is probably uh, Lo- Brisbane Lions. They they called it a merger, but let's be honest, yeah, uh, Fitzroy yeah. didn't get much out of that. I was just trying to think. Well, you know, in the NRL, the massive merging of like you know, there's there's no North Sydney Bears anymore. Yeah. Well, North Sydney Bears they they just ceased. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. The Rabbitohs almost. Yeah. Um, disappeared completely. That got, well, that's a very... That um, see, that's a big difference is um, they don't do that in America where you have the, like... They're, like, suburbs of Sydney and Melbourne, right? Yeah. Like, you go to Melbourne, Collingwood, Carlton, they're, like, blocks. Yeah. The, the equivalent of here of, like, if New Farm played... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ashgrove or... Like, <laughs> I remember when I first went out of Melbourne, I was like, oh, so Essendon's just a suburb. Yeah, wow. yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, it, it's it's funny, like, um, yeah, you don't see so much of those mergers anymore, but, well, look now, we've got the Redcliffe Dolphins, yeah. right? Um, so that's a suburb, right? It's a, re- it's a region, but... They're, they're actually not using Redcliffe, I hate that, for the NRL, they're just calling it the Dolphin. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know, I know, I know, um, which is a little dumb. They should call it the yeah. Redcliffe Dolphins. It's not the Brisbane Dolphins, no. Yeah, they're the Redcliffe Dolphins. It's all, uh... Business marketing bullshit. Mm, it yeah. is. It absolutely is. Ten million yeah. percent. Mm. But the um, to go to go back on the Blazers. Um, the reason why I became a Trailblazers fan was when I was a massive basketball fan growing up in the nineties. Like a lot of us were yeah. collecting basketball cards and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, I just chose the Charlotte Hornets because I really loved all the teal colours and the yes, stripes. Yes, yes, I remember jerseys. that. It was huge here. Yeah. So I've still got my basketball cards over there uh, amongst all my Rolling Stone magazines that I've got. I've got all, all the Australian issues from 91 to 2006 Hell over yeah. there. That's it's great. And the um, uh, then I kind of fell out of love with basketball. I think maybe I fell more in love with my drum kit than I did basketball at the time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when I did kind of rediscover basketball again how much I loved it how much I missed it. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte Hornets didn't exist anymore. They were the New Orleans Hornets at the time. Um, so I was like, oh, I should watch. I pick and there is – um, this this is a big thing in like um, Melbourne with footy, um, with like musos and, and artists mm. and things where they're like – Battle in the teenage years with like it, it's for meatheads and jocks, and then they <laughs> um, later on move past that and realize, nah, I like it. sports sick, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. probably heard that uh, um, sports ball. Have you heard that term for like, like it's like yes. people in theater and ballet and stuff are like <laughs> sports to try ball. and put down sports. Like, nah, nah, it's okay, man. You can like, <laughs> I don't, it's kind of, it's like a funny. Like put down term sports ball. Oh, you're playing. Oh, you're talking about sports yeah. ball, are you? Uh-huh. Oh, I guess, I guess you're. I guess you're into the opera theatre. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, the AFL 
uh, was a sport I was not into as a child. Mm. Did not understand. Well, we're, we're raised up here to hate it, aren't we? Well, yeah. we were raised as rugby leaguers. Yeah. Um, and yes, the um, yeah, my grandfather used to watch it a bit. I used to watch it with him a little bit, but I, I just didn't understand like, oh, six points and one point and mm. why, why is he now tackled and all that sort of stuff. Well, um, that thing I was talking about, um, the embracing. So you see um, with Nathan in, in Tabov and like Tidzi and Soho and yeah. you probably noticed the like, I love that, like the bringing the like Broncos jerseys and shorts and things yes. in. <laughs> yes, they know they are doing good things. Do you know? Um, this is becoming probably just mate chat now, but yeah. <laughs> do you know um, Dom Miller? Yeah, he loves he loves his uh, Broncos. <laughs> he's a mad Broncos fan. Supposedly, he's also a mad. Um, uh, uh, is it the Rabbitohs? H- him and um, and what's a face from uh, Bench Press? Old mate Jack, Jack, the singer from Bench Press. They are mad fans for the. Oh, I'm not sure. Rabbitos. I think it's yeah something about it that. Don't, um, rugby league is a bit weird with that where, because most sports you meant to like you don't meant to have like a second team. Well, yeah. yes, yes, that much is true. But, but that's what I was talking about before. Bris, Brisbane's got the um, God bless the boys down the road. Like I love my team. <laughs> like, well, do you do you like the Titans? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> well, do you remember the South? Bring back the Seagulls, mate. I'm a Seagull. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, do you, you remember the South uh, South Queensland Crushers? <laughs> yes, I love the Crushers. They weren't given a fair run. I got to do a gig in the clubhouse there. No at way. At the Grains. That was my big moment, yeah. Do you have any Crushers jokes? No. <laughs> <laughs> More just like, love the idea of like a train as a logo. Because it was a like a sugarcane train. yeah. yeah. It was huge. I, they, yeah, you're absolutely right. They didn't get a chance, but Super League um, stuffed all that up. Anyway, <laughs> this was meant to be the wrap up bit of it. Anyway, um, we'll leave all the sports chat for the for the second time I get you on. But um, yeah, we might wrap that up there. Um, thanks so much, Branko. Um, if anyone dares to listen to this and made it through, do you want to? Plug anything or... Um, you can listen to tape off. Uh, Check out the clip we're in together. <laughs> uh, yeah, we didn't mention the clip. The the, the, the song is called Day In, Day Out and um, Goxie is a um, uh, water slide uh, <laughs> champion in the 1994 yeah. World Champions Slide Championships. It's based on slight fact. No, yeah. no. <laughs> I love... Um, the, the previous clip I'd seen is, it was it on the Yarra River, wasn't it? You guys did a... Yeah, we did a yeah. clip there. That was a time when we moved to Melbourne. Oh, not moved to Melbourne. We, we played <laughs> a show in Melbourne and a guy who was a big fan of ours lived in Melbourne and we told him we were going to go down there and he was like, oh, well, let's put a clip together. Um, so we, yeah, literally got in a boat and just sailed down the Yarra for a bit and it's mixed in with live footage. Because um, uh, I, like, I like rivers where, um, you know, you follow it where it starts to get like the narrow a bit, not the, yeah. the bit that goes through the city. Yes. Like, that's what it seemed like to me. Yeah. But it does become that quite quickly in Melbourne too, it goes from the like city part of the river. I, to- think, I think we were around Turak and I saw some very nice houses around there. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Think, I think I saw Eddie McGuire's. Very wealthy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, um, yes. yeah, check out. And and I didn't even um, – that's what I'm saying. We'll have to have a second because I, I wanted to get into your like um, – like sort of the audio work and radio and we'll leave that for the second at but um the record label yeah, that yeah. as well and the music festivals. You're bu- yeah, you're busy man and but we got we, it was way more important to talk about source, I think. Oh know? absolutely. Yeah, that that is critical talk right there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um 
Tape off, anything else uh, you want to plug? Um. <laughs> to- Total Pace, there's Gold Stars, another band that I'm in as well. Um, and there's Zang Records, which is yeah. the record label that I run. Hell yeah. Check out the bands on that record Just, label. Uh, All good you're things. a busy man around. And now you've taken me on as a student. Oh, uh, man. I, I, I've got time. I've got time because I've got the passion. I know. <laughs> but um, no, thank you so much, Branko. Um, it's been a pleasure having thank a you. chat. And, thank you. Uh, yeah, I think I'll leave it there. Thanks for listening to the pilot episode of the Goxie podcast with Untitled so far. Might end up just being called that. <laughs> thank you. Bye.